Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is Tuesday, July 27th, and you know what that means, folks. Yes, today is the start of New York Giants training camp. Now, the rookies and the quarterbacks and some injured players, they reported last week, but today the entire team reports, which means starting tomorrow, there will be some practices. Actually, tomorrow starts the five-day acclimation period, and then we'll, after a day off on Sunday, we roll into the padded practices. So there's finally going to be some new football to talk about, and we, of course, here on the Lachlan Giants podcast, We'll have all of that for you, all the latest news, interviews, you name it, we're going to have it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. And today's podcast is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, folks, if you listened to the program yesterday or have been following me on Twitter, you know that today's show is my exclusive interview with Giants head coach Joe Judge. I had an opportunity to speak to coach one-on-one via phone last Friday, and we touched upon a number of different topics. Now, some of them I know I've written about over at Giants Country, if you want to check those articles out. But there are a bunch of things that didn't make it into the articles that are out on Giants Country, and they are in this particular podcast. So we're going to jump right in to my interview with head coach Joe Judge, and I hope you enjoy it. I'm joined now by Giants head coach Joe Judge. And coach, first, thank you so much for the time. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, and I hope you've had a great summer. And uh, I realize you're short on time, so let's jump right into the discussion. And I'd like to start with the upcoming training camp and just also kind of look back just really quickly on last year. Now, last year, you know, new staff, you were coming in under less than favorable circumstances, thanks to COVID, not having the opportunity to work with the players really in person until until the summertime. And even then, that was kind of an unusual type of summer. Now that you have had the opportunity to get to know most of the players who are back from last year, now that you have had the opportunity to tweak your staff, get to know how your assistant coaches think and put stuff together football-wise, how much more versatile would you say the team is going to be on offense and defense moving forward? Are we going to see maybe a lot of new things, just a few tweaks here and there? Or what's the plan as far as, you know, what might change now that you have a better grasp of what the players can and can't do? I think it's all going to be dictated based on what the players can handle, to be honest with you. But, But I'm confident that, you know, we have a smart group. We have a hardworking group that you know, they've already demonstrated last year to us that they can really build on the volume we'll carry into a game when necessary and uh, and their ability to kind of handle multiples and adjustments in the game. So that's all been very encouraging. I'd say the biggest thing we tried to, you know, really build on in terms of versatility is, you know, we have to make sure we really know our players. And, uh, you know, obviously having a year in the bank with a lot of these guys and then uh, some extra time with some of the new guys in the spring, you know, we really took a lot of time just really narrowing down the focus of each guy in terms of, Okay, what do we think he does well? 
All right, what's his strengths? What can we really do to highlight him? How would we plan to really, you know, create matchups with him? And then also, all right, what are a few things we want to avoid doing with this player to not put them in a position where, you know, they're not really at their strengths? And, and we've done that on both sides of the ball. And, you know, looking at the different, uh, you know, combinations of personnel we have on both sides of the ball and kind of, all right, when these guys are in, what do we want to play? What's our strength with this group of players in? And how can we be multiple and attack, you know, offensively and defensively and the kicking game? you know, with certain groups of players in there and letting them really just narrow down their focus and build on those techniques and uh, schemes and then build on that as we get going in the season with more of a game plan focus of it. So, yeah, it's been really good. I think, you know, obviously uh, Pat and Jason and T-Mac have done a good job in the offseason of really getting their staffs and, you know, researching the league and looking at different things that work. But then also there's been a lot of really good influence that, you know, guys that have come to the staff this year and things that Jeremy Prode's brought to the defense uh, that really – is already kind of built in for our system and some different curves we can add with players that we have currently and uh, offensively, some different ways of using our players and, and building on some of the things we did last year that we liked as the season went on. And, and that's been a big focus for us right there is just, you know, making sure that we're, you know, building it for the players we have. You always speak about the coaches putting the players in the best position to succeed. And I'm just wondering, you have a pretty large staff, probably one of the largest in all of the NFL. And I'm wondering, how do you guys put each other in the best position to succeed? Is it collaborative? Do you just say, okay, Coach A, you're in charge of this, and Coach B, you worry about that? Or is it a combination? Or, or is it a totally different formula that you prescribe to? Well, it's both, you know, so there's clear division of assignments in terms of some of the prep work and research that goes into bringing the information into the game planning meetings. And then from there, it's a collaborative effort of, okay, here's what was presented to us in terms of what the opponent does. Uh, here's some ideas on, you know, the coach that, you know, did the breakdown of what he thinks may work. And then let's all look at it through a different lens and see if, the, you know, we can go ahead and have any good ideas that come out of these conversations. And along with that, it's also trying to poke holes and what you're doing and make sure you don't put a team out there and say, Oh, we didn't account for this or that. Uh, but you know, really it takes everybody to go ahead and, you know, share with any ideas, go on the vision, share from their experiences, you know, whether it's experiences within an offense or a scheme, or then just an experience against an opponent, a player or a coordinator, you know, how you can go ahead and do something favorably against. You tweaked your offensive staff, probably more so than your defensive staff. You brought in Rob Sale as the new offensive line coach. He, of course, has a really good reputation as being an excellent teacher. But you also reassigned Freddie Kitchens from tight ends coach to senior offensive assistant. And you hired Pat Flaherty to be a consultant. And in particular, the roles that Freddie Kitchens and Pat Flaherty are going to hold, their titles are a little ambiguous in terms of, you know, what it is they might be doing. And I'm just wondering if you can provide some clarification as to what the expectations are for both of those men. Well, I'll, I'll start with Flats, to be honest with you. Um, you know, as we went through the process of, of talking to our offensive line coaches, um, it was the first, you know, real extended exposure I had with Flats. And we just came by and decided to talk ball one day and, you know, I'd say, a, you know, basically a two hour window turned into about an eight hour conversation. And, you know, he left and I remember just saying, you know, to Pat Graham, like, wow, this guy could really help us. And uh, just from his experience and, and the different things he's seen in his career. And, uh, you know, he, he's just brings a wealth of knowledge and experience and, and he's a great teacher. And I'd say, you know, you know, Rob and, and Ben Wilkerson and Pat, they do a tremendous job working together at the offensive line and, and really breaking up the group. And then, you know, 
everyone's getting coached all the time, which is really the way I want it. You know, I don't like a lot of standing around. I don't like, you know, guys just standing there and watching. Um, and, you know, all of our coaches are here to coach. They're not here to hold clipboards. They're not here to be a ball boy. You're here to coach and to share your expertise and try to help our players. So then we have multiple good coaches. And in terms of Freddie, you know, Freddie's working with all aspects of the offense. And specifically, I thought it was a good fit to get Freddie, you know, involved with Rob and Rob coming in the NFL for the first time. And if there are some adjustments and differences and Rob's done a phenomenal job, you know, in terms of implementing ideas and bringing some things from his experience, um, you know, finding different ways of looking at things that we're already doing and maybe simplifying some things for the players. But, you know, Freddie does a phenomenal job of kind of tying together the front end along with the skilled players and, you know, kind of help with the game plan and bringing fresh ideas in different ways. So they all work together on side with Jason and, and it's just a good way of really dividing it up and, and working to make sure that we have enough guys, you know, over all the players and making sure everyone's always getting coached and we're not missing anything. All right, Giant fans, we have much more with head coach Joe Judge, who again spoke to me exclusively before the start of training camp, which actually begins on July 27th today, if you are listening to this on a Tuesday. So uh, before we get into more with head coach Joe Judge, get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code LOCKEDON, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And Giant fans, excitement is building for the 2021 season, in which, in addition to some competitive football, will also include the Eli Manning Jersey Retirement Ceremony and Ring of Honor induction and the celebration of the 10th anniversary of the Super Bowl 46 team. And when you pick up a copy of my book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, you can read all about Manning's legacy, the Super Bowl teams, plus many more men and moments that changed the Giants franchise history. The Big 50 New York Giants is available in paperback and electronic format on major resellers such as Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, and also wherever you find books. So get your copy today and relive the amazing history of the New York football Giants. All right, Giant fans, you are listening to Locked On Giants. My name is Patricia Trana, and I'm playing for you on today's show my exclusive one-on-one interview with Giants head coach Joe Judge. This interview was conducted last Friday at the end of the day. Joe was kind enough to spend about 15, 20 minutes with me answering just about any question I had and uh, some good stuff coming up including Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, the offensive line, all the burning questions that people have. So uh, they are all included in this interview. So let's get back to my discussion with Giants head coach, Joe Judge. Now, I wanted to ask you about Daniel, and I'm no, I'm not going to ask you if he's the quarterback. I know he's the quarterback, <laughs> but I wanted, I wanted to ask you, when you have a legend like Eli Manning goes out, you know, he, he has such mm-hmm. a tremendous legacy. And sometimes... When somebody comes in after him, those are pretty big shoes to, to fill. So what I'm kind of wondering is with Daniel, how do you keep him focused on being the best Daniel he can be as opposed to trying to emulate Eli Manning while at the same time having the production, the wins, you know, maybe not necessarily the stats, but doing all the things that a quarterback needs to do in order to be successful? 
the answer. I think it all comes down to the same principle, just, you know, doing your job on a daily basis and start with fundamentals and building your knowledge in the system and the schemes and learning the situations within the game, but just doing it day by day and being productive moving forward. And everybody has long-term goals and a vision of what they want to do and accomplish, but it's got to be accomplished day by day. And I think you've got to really keep it, you know, a narrow focus on the present. And you got to know where you're working in the future and you got to learn from your past, but you have to operate in the present. I think it's the most important thing for all of our players. And that's what has really helped Daniel, you know, continue to progress in what he's doing. He'll keep on helping me. He does a great job of having a narrow focus and knowing he's working on a daily basis to get better. Uh, but there's been a tremendous amount of great players that come through this organization. And, and you know, Beyonce, I couldn't be more excited just having Eli back in the building um, and what he can do to help our team. And, and that's something I'm making a focus on. I really want all the players back in this building. Yeah, all the yeah. players that played here, you know, this is this is their home and they're welcome here. And I want them out of practice and I want them in the building. I want them at games and I want them around our players because our guys should understand, you know, the players who came before them and the things they've accomplished here because they do, you know, they're in, they're in a culture where they do have some things to live up to. And they have to understand when they go on the field, it's, it's not the same as playing at every other organization. It is different here. So we've got to take pride in that and uh, embrace that and, Eli and all the other, you know, Ring of Honor players and every player that's ever played here, uh, you know, we have a tremendous amount of respect and this is their home and, you know, we're glad they're around as much as possible. That actually, I was going to save this question for a little later, but, you know, 2021 is the 10th anniversary of the Super Bowl 46 team. And of course, the organization is going to honor that team at some point. I forget mm -hmm. when during the season. And I was just wondering if you've thought about how you might incorporate tapping into some of those guys to maybe, I don't know, talk to the current players or, or how you plan on incorporating that history in your teachings with the current roster. Well, the history of the team is critically important to us. Uh, it's something that we always have to be aware of and have great respect for. Um, I believe it's the Oakland game, if I'm correct. Um, but when they come back for that reunion, um, you know, that'll obviously be a huge, you know, part of the season and a huge deal of having them bring back in the world championship. That's that's something very, very special people can't take away from you. And I think when not just that weekend, um, but they're going to be around here through training camp doing some different things and, and every opportunity that we have to get a former player and, and incorporate them and involve them with our team. Um, look, I, I welcome players in the meetings uh, as soon as we're allowed to. Now there's some protocols and things that we have to work through still uh, with where we're at, um, but we'll work through them accordingly and how we have to. But, you know, I like these players that, you know, be in there and observe what we're doing as a team and be out there at practice and be around it. And when the time comes, have them talk to the team. And, you know, I think it's important to let players talk to players. You know, and, and there's a lot of pride in this organization. I think that that should be communicated from people from different generations. The organization, yourself, Dave Gettleman, you've expressed a lot of confidence in year two for the offensive line based on, I guess, last year and whatnot. But, you know, everybody changes, everybody grows, and growth is not necessarily linear. And I'm just wondering, considering that this group, as currently projected to be configured, they haven't put the pads on, they haven't really hit anybody. So I'm just wondering, what is driving this high level of confidence in this group that they're going to be better than last year? Well, I have confidence in the way we work. And, and ultimately, you know, that's what's going to help us improve. Um, but, you know, the truth is, Everybody on our team, every position, every unit, we've got a long way to go. And we're nowhere near where we need to be to start the season, nowhere near where we need to be to end the season. Um, we're far from a finished product, and I don't think you ever arrive. So there's a lot of work. Um, 
there's nothing that you can you know have on a piece of paper that's going to equal any kind of success or, or results on a Sunday. So we've got to go out there and work for it and earn it. And training camp starts next week with the entire team. And, and that's really the opportunity to go out there and build the chemistry and the consistency and go ahead and, and improve as a unit. But in terms of how our players work, I'm confident in, you know, you know, their commitment to the process and, and what they're going to do to improve. And uh, we got to put them in the right position as coaches and they got to come and execute every day. Now, I understand, I think, why you have been reluctant to assign a, a return date for Saquon Barkley. There's obviously, you don't want to put pressure on him to rush back, but to meet a certain deadline date. That being said, I'm just wondering, you know, not knowing when his body is going to say, okay, you know what, we're ready to go. We're ready to take a full workload. How difficult does that make it for you and for the coaching staff to plan? Because, you know, Saquon, you know, I know coaches like to say next man up and all that thing, but I'm sorry, guys aren't robots. Nobody can do what Saquon Barkley can do, just like nobody can do what Devonta Booker can do and so on and so forth. So how do you kind of take that in stride and, and try to plan or do you not plan that far down the line? No, we definitely plan all the time. And to me, you always have to have, to have the contingency plan. And that's for every player in the roster at all times. And you're right. Players are not robots. And it's not, you know, one's removed and the next guy feels exactly the same. That's what ties back in earlier we talked about of really understanding who the players are and understanding what they do well. And that's got to be that, again, within a game plan, you have to make an adjustment. Someone else has to take over someone's role. What can they do to make an impact? And how can you use that within the game plan? So in terms of, you know, timetable for Saquon, when, you know, look, when the doctors give us a green light, you know, we'll begin incorporating him into, you know, practice with the team and team drills. But I definitely want to take a, a long-term picture and view with him on this. I don't want to – and that's long-term – throughout the season and long-term throughout his career. And I don't want to do anything that's going to rush him back where he's not ready fully because that's not going to benefit him individually. It's not going to benefit us as a team either. So, you know, these injuries right here, you got to make sure that you want to put the players out there when their bodies are fully ready to go out there and compete and when they can operate at full speed where the defense is operating full speed. And, you know, look, in a perfect world, we'd have all of our players right now fully healthy. But the reality is we've got to make sure that as some of these guys are coming off of things and ailments uh, from last year, that we give them the time to recover to the point that when we get them on the field, we can keep them on the field. Speaking of the injured guys, are there any any of them that you're concerned about might be long-term affairs or are these, you know, just precautionary moves at this point? You know, the, the PUP and the NFI guys. Well, anybody who can't go 100% to start, we put on PUP. So mm-hmm. that's just universal across the board. And, and there's different degrees of what it may be, but anybody who just can't go, um, if you can't go 100% to start, then, then you're, you know, pup for us. So, you know, we're getting encouraging results from everyone. They're all working hard. Uh, we get constant updates from the trainers on a daily basis. And uh, I know those guys are making gains every day across the board with how they're working. So uh, I'm confident in the way they're working. And uh, we're optimistic about getting them all out there as soon as possible. All right, Giant fans, we still have much more coming up with head coach Joe Judge, including he weighs in on the call me coach debate that uh, was brought up by Dion Sanders when a reporter tried to call him Dion and he took offense to that. So Joe Judge weighs in on that and other topics, including how things are going to be different for him in year two of his head coaching tenure and much, much more is coming up in the next segment here on the Locked on Giants podcast. But first, let me tell you about Rock Auto. No matter 
What you need for your car or truck, Rock Auto is sure to have it in its extensive online catalog. RockAuto.com offers brand name parts for every make, model, and manufacturer at highly competitive prices and ships right to your door. Visit RockAuto.com and be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. That's RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Giant fans, Patricia Trainer here with you on the Locked on Giants podcast, and we are getting you ready for the start of training camp, the Giants kickoff training camp today, July 27th, all the players report, and the first practice is set for the 28th, and the Giants will practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, have a day off on Sunday. That will end the acclimation period. And then, of course, the Giants will put on the pads the following week. That's when the real football really kicks in. And I will be there at the practices, and I will bring you whatever information I'm allowed to bring you here on the Locked on Giants podcast, and of course, over on Giants Country as well. So make sure you're checking out both sources for all the latest, including news, observations, videos, all that good stuff. We'll have audio clips here on the podcast, all kinds of cool stuff coming up. All right. So you are listening to my exclusive interview with Giants head coach Joe Judge. The interview was done last Friday and we covered a wide variety of topics. So let's continue with that conversation. All right. Now I've been waiting over a year to ask you this question. You might <laughs> know where I'm going with this, but how is Joe Judge 2021 different from Joe Judge January 2020? Well, I'm still definitely the same person. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still going to be myself. Uh, that's something that, you know, you kind of sit back and reflect and, and you've asked me that. And I told you I want to be very intentional about it. I took a lot of time this off season to really break down everything that happened last year across the board um, from, you know, start to finish and, and kind of look at everything and, okay, how could I handle it better? And, and what experiences can I learn from and what mistakes do I not want to repeat, which is any mistake. But, um, you know, I think, I think a lot of it is, is just, you know, time on task of doing the job, um, that puts you in a, in a situation where it's, it's just not the first time. Um, I've gained a lot of experience, uh, whether it's in game or preparing the team through practice, um, finding different ways. I think it took, um, some time obviously for us all to be you know a staff to really build some chemistry you know not going through the spring together in person that's something we had to work through a lot through training camp in the season um, you know I've got a great feel for our staff and I'm definitely very encouraged by that um, you know I, I could I could sit here and talk for hours about lessons I learned and different things but you know, I think ultimately you know it, it's the experience that I've gained um, that I think I can better help the team now and you, know, you kind of come in sometimes with a playbook of this is the way it can be, and you learn that there's other avenues as well. You learn through experience of maybe something that worked or something that didn't work, and you know something that different ideas people bring from different places. Um, but you know, I'd say a year later, um, you learn a lot about yourself. Um, you know, I think you learn a lot more from you know the tougher times of the year than when you had success. But um, you know, I'm confident in you know our ability to prepare the team and. Uh, you know, I'm trying not to give you something generic here. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be very transparent with you. I think really the biggest difference is just honestly, Patty, is the time on task. I mean, it's 
there are a lot of times last year where, you know, first time something comes up, you never even heard of it. You never even experienced it. And, you know, now you can see it coming down the pipe a little bit more and, and coming around the bend. And, you know, some of those things just make it a little bit easier to anticipate and, and have you know, your staff and, and team better prepared. At the end of the day, we know that this is a production-based business and people mm-hmm. tend to lean on stats to measure progress. And st- one of the stats, obviously, is wins and losses and all that stuff. But from a day-to-day perspective, you know, growth is never linear. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have things, as you said, that, you know, pop up that you didn't expect and you're going to have to adjust. So given all that, Joe, what kind of criteria are you leaning on more so these days that maybe you weren't leaning on last year to measure the growth and say, okay, yes, we're definitely growing in this area or no, we're not quite where we want to be in this area. Well, I think this t- if you go from this time of year to a year before, uh, I'm still using really the same kind of metrics as, and, and, you know, benchmarks. Uh, I think the biggest difference is having experience with a large number of guys on the roster at this point and really understand them better as people at this point, having gone through a season with them. And, and that really helps. So, you know, whether it's individually and looking at how guys are progressing physically and, and knowing that, okay, they're further ahead than they were last year, some guys in spring said, okay, we got to get this guy back, and he's got some ways to go to get where he's going. Um, you know, the maturity level of some of the players, that's been very, you know, encouraging. Um, how we bring it, how we bring it along, you know, to me, you know, in terms of measuring the culture, last year was a lot of teaching what we want to be. This year, it's a lot more of watching the players enforce it, watching the players deliver the message. And that's been, that's been really good because that's when you know it's going in the right direction. Um, so there's some differences there. And I think, you know, you kind of just keep going along the way of, all right, what's the different things that we've really got to get accomplished in year two? Well, you know, in terms of the culture part of it, it's last year we're trying to find out who the leaders were, you know, who was respected on the team. It's you come in and you can kind of read through a roster, or, you know, listen to what somebody else says, but until you're really around and see who responds to who. And, and this year it was more about developing that leadership on the team and working with your players and, you know, recognizing young guys, you think you can have an impact in growing them or older guys and giving them more of a platform. Um, so you're, you're a few steps further ahead than you were last year when you're really truly trying to learn the team. Um, we're still trying to learn the team and every team is very different. I really do. I fully believe that you truly start over every year and we have a lot of new faces that are going to have, you know, large impact roles for us this year that weren't here last year with us. But, you know, when you have the majority of the guys back, you have a much greater start on where you want to get to. And and the understanding of what the expectations are is a lot higher. I think when we get on the field uh, next week, um, that first impression for me will will be big to see how these guys came back after some time off and, and how they had to train on their own. And, you know, when you lay out the expectation for what, you know, it's supposed to be when we get back and let's see how these guys return. That, that'll definitely be something for me to see, you know, the progress these guys made, you know, in terms of coming back ready to go. And again, it's, it's, you know, I always say the reward for me is, you said the reward for me is always when I've worked with someone and tried to give them something that can help them. And you see them go out there and execute it and have success with it. Um, that's really the reward for me. And you see a lot of the guys carrying the message for you. Um, not that you're trying to implement, you know, you know, flag carriers, but you start seeing guys that, you know, believe in what you're doing and they know that, you know, it's that they had success trusting the process and going through with it. And 
you know, you get new faces here and, and you can see quickly that, you know, guys that have been here are quick to kind of deliver the message and let them know, hey, this is what we do here. Wherever you're from, it doesn't matter. This is what we do here and this is what our culture is. All right, Giant fans, that concludes the interview with head coach Joe Judge. And by the way, you know, after the interview was done, I, I'll share this little tidbit with you. Um, I asked him point blank about the name debate. You know, does he prefer to be called Joe? Does he prefer to be called Coach? What is his preference? And the reason why I brought that up is because if you follow me on Twitter, you know, a few days ago, I tweeted that I always call coaches coach out of respect because it's a title that they've earned, especially at the NFL level. It's something that has just come down from hard work and there's only 32 NFL head coaches and, you know, only X number of assistant coaches. So it's a title that I believe they've earned it and it should be used just as someone who earns their PhD should be called doctor, in my opinion. But still, I was curious as to what Joe thought about, you know, the whole title versus using the first name debate. And I can tell you this much. It doesn't matter to him. He said, you know, he's been called coach. He's been called Joe. He said he's been on jo at jobs where he's called, you know, for example, down in Alabama, he, sometimes he would call Nick Saban, Nick, sometimes he would call him coach. Same thing up, you know, in, in uh, New England with Bill Belichick. Sometimes he would refer to him as Bill, sometimes as coach, basically whatever got their attention. So as far as he was concerned, what he told me, just to paraphrase, was it doesn't matter to him that he doesn't even remember after he's done with a press conference who called him coach, who called him Joe. But what he does remember is who was respectful to him and who wasn't. So for those of you who are wondering where Joe Judge stands on that whole debate, there you have it. He doesn't care what you call him. Just all he cares about is you be respectful to him. And of course, no reason not to be. The guy is out there and he's doing the best he can with this organization. And I think he's got them going in the right direction. So I'm very excited for training camp. I'm very appreciative to Joe Judge and the Giants organization for arranging this and making it happen. And I hope you Giant fans enjoyed the interview with head coach Joe Judge. Make sure you keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. We're going to have so much more as the Giants kick off training camp. The plan for Tuesday is Judge and the players, select players, I should say, will be available via Zoom calls. So we're going to have Zoom calls with them. And then on Wednesday, like I said, we're going to be able to go to the practice. We're going to be able to see the practice there are rules as to what we can and can't report. Um, one of the things we will not be able to report are 11 on 11 team drills, personnel alignments and that sort of thing. But certainly we can report on things like, you know, how a player might be performing in a drill, fundamentals, that sort of thing. That, that is, of course, if we can see what's going on, the media is going to be stationed on the patio. We're not going to necessarily be allowed, I don't think at any rate, to walk around the perimeter of the field. But whatever information I could bring to you, you know, I'll bring it. So keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. And until next time, folks, you have a great one.